If it's Tuesday night, it must be drunk sports. That is a real beer. That is not a sound effect. My computer got a little wet that time. It splashed a little bit. It's going to happen. It's okay. It's a, it's a really bad computer. It's, it's a, a piece of crap. It's a piece of crap, and you're opening a lot of beers over there, so there's, there's going to be some splash. That was, in fact, six beers at once that I just opened. That is our, the first lie you told. Uh, it's, that. that is a lie. I did yes. not do that. This is my third beer of the day. Yes. Um, of the Drunk Sports Day, which is the best day on the holy calendar. Yeah, you love this day every yeah. week. If it's Tuesday, Grant's happy. That's Grant Dennison. I'm Jonathan Levy. This is Drunk Sports, where every single week, except last week, we <laughs> talk about sports. Let's not make promises we can't keep. Every single week I mean, so we're going to do it most of the weeks when it's convenient for us. Okay. <laughs> Let's be honest. Every week, from here to eternity, we're going to do a show where we talk sports over the course of four quarters. They're pretty cool. And Gant, Grant, actually. I am I am Grant. I not, like Gant. Not Gant. Gant's a good name. Grant gets progressively drunker as we go. Every show he's drunk at least nine beers. He's hit the magical 11 one time. Ooh, what a day. The Ooh. next day was not a good day. <laughs> Grant goes to 11, much like the guys that was uh, not thing a good on Spinal day. That, that Wednesday was not a good day. But you know what? Day. Tuesday night was I had pretty a good, great. I had a good time. That's all that matters. If yeah. it's Tuesday night, Grant. Let's talk about what the four quarters are, shall we? Sounds great. Well, the first quarter is always headliners where we talk about the biggest news in sports. And According we have our, to own, us. our own unique take on it, you yeah. know. Uh, then after that, we do set quarter number two, which is usually who done good, who fucked up. Right. Sometimes, though, that might be what we're doing in quarter number three this time, which is best case, worst case. Right. I don't remember which order those two are there, in. There isn't really an it order. It doesn't matter. Right. It's all the same. It's just an excuse to talk about stuff. And uh, finally, though, quarter number four, more than just an excuse to talk about stuff. It's let the drunk fix quarter it. Quarter number four is what gets us on ESPN for the drunk ESPN. <laughs> <laughs> drunk ESPN. Now, that's a good idea. I think that's a uh, – can you imagine all of those guys drunk? Um, I think we need new people. Yeah, they're not good enough. It would be bad. They'd start harassing women and they'd stuff. Have, they'd have to be like me. It'd yeah, be... no, it's you and me. Yeah. It's us on Drunk ESPN. It's a great idea. Whole think, channel. About, think about it, ESPN. I'm loving it. I'm so, willing to work with Stephen A. Smith for 15 minutes a day tops. Yeah, but we like can do that. 15 minutes a day. We'll, we'll suck it up and handle it. Yeah. But, but Skip Bayless, four... no fucking chance. I'm not, I'm not working with Skip Bayless. Not on ESPN anymore. I don't care. Even Whoever wants to offer us a job, if you offer me a co-host with Skip Bayless, I will tell you to fuck off. He's on Fox. Oh, makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, moving on. <laughs> so, yeah, quarter number four is called Let the Drunk Fix It, where I pose sports dilemmas to Grant, problems, and he tries to fix it. Things we fixed in the past, or Grant has really fixed, is the professional, bowl, professional bowling uh, association and trying to make them relevant. Well spoken. It's hard sometimes yeah. to talk. Also, Draymond Green's image problem after sending out the dick pic. Grant right. handled that. I fixed that for sure. Big time. If you, Draymond listened, that, you notice that it's not really a thing anymore, right? Absolutely. People, people don't talk about it anymore. Nope. No one brings I it up. I think Draymond might have listened. Listened, taken a word of advice. <laughs> we may turn that into a video still. Other things Grant's fixed is um, bo- the Boogie Cousins situation in Sacramento. Mm-hmm. Also, um, what to do with the New Jersey Nets, how to fix that situation. All of those fixes were optimal, is the word that I would use. Um, they were, it was beautiful. Anything through the drunk Grant filter is good times. All right, let's get into headliners, though. Let's, I want to hear, because I don't know. You, yeah, Grant never knows what <laughs> the show is going to be about, which is part of the fun of it, for sure. Okay, lots of things going on in sports this week, but I'd say the biggest thing is the Olympics, which just finished up. Yeah. Last night in Rio. Cool. Um, one bigger story than everything else, really, I would say. Ryan Lochte, is you that where we're going? It. We have to. How can we not talk about Ryan Lochte? I feel Lochte? like you should have saved that for Let the Drunk Fix It. Um, I got a whole thing I'm working here. Okay. You know what? Don't okay. don't be critiquing my plan, okay. right? You I don't just, even know what's happening. At the moment, it feels like you made a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> I'd really love it if you could just, you know, trust there's a plan and an outline okay. in place. Like, I, I got a whole write-up over I there. I will right? trust you, Jonathan Levy. Yeah, now I'm worried. All right. Um, so, yeah, Ryan Lochte... Everyone knows what his situation was more or less. Right, so, so we're we talking re- about how it. he dyed his hair, right? 
By the way, what the heck was that? It's weird. <laughs> I don't really know. Strange. You know, his own mother, by the way, so the way this happened was his mother was on a bus and a Fox journalist was sitting across from her on the bus and she had broken her foot earlier that day. And she was and she had gotten this phone call from Ryan where he told her this and that, you know, he made the lie about getting robbed and all that. And so she was sitting there and she was crying on the bus and this Fox journalist happened to be sitting across, this, across the um, way from her and said, ma'am, are you okay? Not knowing who she was or anything. And she said, yes, I, I broke my foot and my son just got robbed. He's an Olympic athlete. And he said, oh, really? And they talked a little about it. And he said, you know, who is? You know, he said, she said at one point, he's a swimmer. And then she said, his hair is a color. I'm not sure what color it is. It might be blue. It might be blonde. It might be gray. And the guy's like, is your son Ryan Lochte? Yeah. And that's how it all started. I think uh, just in case... Not everybody knows. Okay. We should do a recap of what happened. Really quickly, yeah. Ryan Lochte and three other of the U.S. swimming team uh, were out late one night in Rio. They were drunk, according to them. I believe it. And driving. Yeah, okay, probably that too. And they got out to, I believe, piss like in a, in like a fucking... Gas station bathroom. Yeah, but then they ended up sort of being somewhere else. They that peed ro- on the wall of, of an establishment, and then they ripped a soap dispenser off the wall, and they smashed in a door and broke the door. Ryan Lochte also himself, they have this on film, um, tore down like a framed poster advertisement outside. And that's actually the thing that like everyone knows for sure happened and why his story, his story has been so obviously proven wrong because they have that on film. So then – anyway, so they were about to leave, and these two security guards were there, and – like stop them and actually pull out a gun. Each of them apparently yeah. pulled out a gun. And so the swimmers are sitting down. Lochte stood up and started yelling at them. You can see this on the video. And the other swimmers are like trying to get him to sit down because like he could get shot. Like what? Yeah. this is kind of a crazy thing to do. And uh, the guy, the, the security guard said you have to pay for that. And apparently they paid something like they each took out like 20 or 30 bucks each and paid the guys and left. And that was it, right? And Lochte said they were robbed at gunpoint. Lochte called his mother and said I was robbed at gunpoint. And did, thought that was the end of it. His mother told the Fox journalist, and that's where things really got a little bit nuts. Yep. And so then he had to kind of pretend the story was real for a little while. I don't know how he thought he was going to get away with it. it to, be, to be fair, Ryan Lochte, not the smartest guy. Ryan Lochte is dumber than a box of freaking rocks, Actually, dude. the most recent, uh, as of the time that I am now... Speaking last week tonight with John Oliver yeah. has a segment on Ryan Lochte where he there's like a montage of Ryan Lochte saying dumb things on camera. I mean, and it's, it's incredible. The, the Matt Lauer interviewed him on camera when Lochte had his big mea culpa, which is a you know kind of pathetic mea culpa, but yeah. whatever. Oh, his apology was bullshit. Of course, but Ryan Lochte, it's like talking to a six year old. It was incredible. First of all, he kept saying over exaggerate, which is something dumb people say. <laughs> I'm sorry if you say it, listeners, but come on. <laughs> You're, that's just exaggerate. The word yes, is exaggerate. Yes, fair enough. Um, he also would mispronounce lots of words that are normal human words that everyone says all the time. This uh, isn't the point. The point is not. Especially. He kept saying X specially. Like, the point is on. not that he's dumb. The point is that. Isn't he, it the point? Isn't that the point? That's part of the point. But I think the point is the story okay. about how he made this audacious lie and yeah. kind of stuck with it for a couple days until it was clear he couldn't get away with it anymore. Well, he and actually, then made a bullshit apology and pretty much embarrassed the U.S. in the Olympics. Oh, big time. Yeah. Beyond that, though, it is you're making it sound a little better than it is, actually. He got on a plane, left the country. His other three swimmers were still in Brazil. Two of them got pulled off a plane, got their passports taken away. A third one didn't show up to the plane, probably because he knew what was going to happen. Alton was forced to pay $11,000 sort of in retribution before they let them all go. Lochte waited until all three of those guys were back in the U.S. before he made his mea culpa. So Lochte was sort of wait. He was safe and sound, let the other guys sort of go through it, and then said something. It's quite possible. 
I mean, Lochte says he waited because he wanted to make sure they were safe before he said something. One could argue if he said this mea culpa, they would have been let go much sooner. Yeah. Hard to know, admittedly. It is hard to know. But... Ryan Lochte, not the most believable guy, and dumb. And so that's, dumb. That's the lasting image we're going to have of him because he's 32 years old, and he will never swim in the Olympics again. He wants to swim in the Olympics. Oh, but again. he's not going to. I mean, when's the last time a 34-year-old swimmer swam in the Olympics in a sprint race? Well, if he's 32, the Olympics are in four uh, years. 36, yeah. excuse me. Seems unlikely. People are talking about how it's amazing that Michael Phelps is still swimming. Yeah. He's 31. Yeah. So, like, Lochte's 32, huh? Yeah. It's not 29? Yeah, that's tough. He's got 12 medals, that guy. I mean, oh, he's, he's a good swimmer. He's one of the most decorated swimmers he's a good of swimmer. all time. He's just he's he's like the uh, stereotypical bro in yeah. the worst way. Yeah, he's super frat. Yeah, yeah. It's too bad for America that he is representing America in this way. It's not great. No, it's not. It's definitely not ideal. So, question number one: How much damage do you think all this truly does? Not much. Agreed. I think I think it's not much. I think it's more of a just a story that people like to to get kind of faux enraged about and nobody actually really cares that much except for people who are truly involved or maybe some Brazilian people who really yeah. feel like Lochte disrespected them. Well, I mean, understand the, the image of Rio. Like, Sa- Sao Paulo is the Myrtle capital of the world, I believe. Right. Like, Rio is known for crime and things like that and they went out of their way to try and make it super safe during the Olympics because of the PR potential nightmares that could come of it. And then Lochte made up a story about a guy putting a gun to his head, which really pissed off a lot of Brazilians well, this, fairly enough. I think really reasonably. You sure, know? it's that that's fair. And I think they should... Have they should have been pissed? They should still be pissed. But I think that the resolution is pretty good for them. The way it mm-hmm. all went down, yeah. that, it, that it ended up just being a complete lie, it almost absolves them more of having a crime-ridden city that this happened at all yeah. than if it hadn't. Actually, there was another athlete. I don't remember who who had like a knife pulled on him, and he had to like got robbed and stuff like that. And that sort of got swept under the rug a little bit because this is such a huge worldwide. So story. I guess it helped them a little bit in a way. Uh, in a way, yeah. Actually, maybe it did. And yeah, Ryan Lochte may be done forever. So sucks for him. All right, let's continue on talking about the Olympics. Okay. The other really big story I would argue that has come out of the Olympics is Usain Bolt. I mean, you could argue Michael Phelps, but we we talked about yeah. it last time. You're right. No, yeah. Michael Phelps is probably the number one. It's actually Lochte's number one. Phelps may be number two, but it's sort of older Olympic yeah. news. You're right. Um, Usain Bolt is in the top three anyway. Yeah, that um, guy's incredible. He pulled off the triple triple. That picture of him smiling at his opponents. Oh my god! As yeah. he's running, as, yeah. when he's running the pre- the prelim, the semifinal. He's just like heat, I'm, yeah. just so much better than you guys. You have no chance. Well, yeah. did you did you see the one where his friend, the guy who actually got the silver in the 200, uh, in the qualifying heat? Decided to like work hard and ended up running right up with Usain. Usain is notorious for taking the last like ten meters off. Always, he just he's ahead oh, yeah. enough. Except he for the round, cha- except for in the championship round. You know, there. even there, he actually he does not run as hard as he could. He could actually have, I think, better world records than he does. He always starts to celebrate before he crosses the line. I don't know if it's he brutal. could have better world records. It might be that now that he's thirty-one or twenty-nine, however Thir- old. I think he's thirty-one. However old he is, he's past his prime, right? So. It's he's not going to break his own world record. I mean, you say that, but they were asking him if he thought he could, and he was saying he thought he could, but then ultimately he said um, his body wasn't in as good shape as he wanted to be, and Rio was a little too hot. But he thought it was not impossible, and he was only off by like a fifth of a second and stuff like that. I mean, he was right there. Okay, fair enough. I'm saying it's it's unlikely at this age that he would break his okay. own incredible world record. So maybe he takes time off now more at the end of races when he knows he's going to win than than before having that incredible world record. I mean, I got to tell you, I've watched him since the beginning. He's always done this. Okay, fair enough. Like from the beginning, when he knew he was, the, when he knew he was going to win, he looks around. He takes the last. He takes the last four or five steps off because he knows he's got it and doesn't care. And the, I mean, he has the world record anyway in all these things, but is not interested in setting like the greatest world record. What he's actually more interested in is here it comes. 
Yeah. What he's actually more interested in is setting a standard, which he's done actually, of nine gold medals to be and being thought of as maybe maybe the best track and field athlete of all time. Certainly the greatest sprinter of all time. I think we could argue. Yeah, at this point. greatest sprinter of all time for sure. I mean, yeah. track and field. There's like Jesse Owens. There's which, Jesse. You know, there's Carl Lewis. Yeah. who's won like twelve twelve medals, I think, or something yeah. like that. Yeah, but but Usain Bolt is the only sprinter to ever win the one hundred meter dash three different Olympics, right? Um, I believe that's true. He's also the only guy to ever, obviously, then to only ever do a triple-triple yeah. since no one's ever done the single, 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 a triple-single, <laughs> yeah. I guess. The triple-double is incredible. But, I mean, it's just it's just an impressive thing. And to be clear, it's the 100-meter dash, the 200-meter dash, and then the 4 by 100 relay. Right. Which, um, and the 4 by 100 relay was really cool this time because when it came to him, he's the anchor. It was him and Japan were essentially tied as they started and then... He was, was Usain just, Bolt, so, over. so he yeah. won by like two or three steps. Yeah, even though it was nine seconds later, it's incredible how fast that guy is. Yeah, it is. I I talked a little bit when we were talking about Michael Phelps' incredible run on Drunk Sports Two. I think sounds right uh, about how Michael Phelps just had an optimal swimmer's body. He was, yeah. you know, he's genetically so perfect for swimming. Obviously, also probably born wealthy that helps with swimming. You know, you have you have to be in the right economic situation to to have the tutelage for swimming. Okay. That might not be know. the case for sprinting. Sprinting's a lot easier to get into than swimming at least financially. Yeah. And uh and so Usain Bolt may be a more optimal body for his sport than Michael Phelps for his. I will say very few runners are have ever been as tall. Successful runners have ever been as tall as Usain Bolt. Right, that's so. why he always he he's never ahead in the first 50 meters because of that. Well, it's an interesting thing in the 100 meter dash, he's never ahead in the first 50 meters. In the 200 meter dash, he starts off as hard as he can and so that way he's always way 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 ahead um as they get into the second bit so i think he actually it's a weird thing he has different strategies for different lengths Mm, i see okay interesting dude yeah obviously very talented so where does he rank in your mind in summer olympic athletes of all time is the i mean i mean you saw jesse owens yeah i mean my sports expertise extends mostly to professional basketball and professional (laughs) football yeah i'm not much of an olympic guy okay there's carl lewis there's jesse owens there's this guy bruce jenner nah he's just a decathlon guy yeah i mean if you're gonna say him you have to say ashton eaton who won who yeah. set the Olympic, tied his own Olympic record, or tied the Olympic record this year. Did you year. see that video of Ashton Eaton jumping up those stairs? It's insane. You mean after he wins and he's all No, no, it's like a video of him working. I think it might even be in a commercial, but it's oh. amazing. No. He's like in a stadium just jumping up like six stairs at a time, in, and he just jumps up like six stairs, six stairs, six stairs, six stairs. It's insane. Like, did, did you see any of the decathlon at the end? I so did they, not. So they run a 1,500-meter uh run and that's the final event and he had been on track for the world record for a while and then it fell off and he was on track to potentially get the olympic record and then this other guy this french guy started going crazy and like won four events in a row and suddenly ashton had to finish ahead of this french guy or at least couldn't finish behind the french guy um otherwise he would lose the decathlon so ashton eaton started running and he won he won his thing he finished like third overall but he was so beat down by the end he looked like a man in deep amounts of pain. He said afterward he was willing to go to the hospital for it. And it, wow, he actually went to his wife, and like right after he finished the race, and like gave her a hug and started to like go down on his knees. And she could, I could see it all happen. Like in his face, he like didn't have anything left. And she like picked him back up and like was like, "You can't do this right here. You have to keep it together." Yeah. And then he like whatever welcome said it, talked to other people and like That's, did not did not collapse. That must be rough. He looked like emotionally he was completely spent. Wow. That's cool. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Sweet. Anyway. 
to answer your question about Usain Bolt. Oh yeah, sorry, got into that. A I little mean, bit. it's so hard to say with Olympics because the records keep getting broken over and over again right. as as training gets better and people are on better drugs that aren't detectable. And How dare you, sir? I, I know, I'm sorry, but it, you know, I think it's tainted. I think all Olympic records are in a way tainted by era dependence mm-hmm. because they're the same records for the same events. But the people are different. The type of person, the training is different. So it's it's really hard to say. I, yeah. I think that's that's the most waffling bullshit answer I can give. But I think, I mean, Usain Bolt is among the greatest athletes that's ever lived. I will say okay. that. Okay. I mean, how about we say, maybe you're right. Maybe it's not fair to compare eras. There's also, like, the equipment is different. The shoes are different. The starting block stuff is different. All that's different. Yeah. Also, even the way that they do the time is probably much better now than it used to be, right? Yeah, it used like, to be some guys like, I snap my fingers and it's over. Exactly. Like, like, yeah, they like use their little stopwatches and stuff. Like, who can say how correct? Like, yeah. when we're doing hundredths of a second kind of things, like, yeah. who can say? But, um, so maybe we say for his this generation, how about that? For this like, generation, it's Usain Bolt and Michael Phelps. Those are the two greatest Olympians right now. It's like Michael Phelps won Usain Bolt too, pretty clearly, right? Yeah, I think probably. Michael Phelps has 21, no, 24 gold medals. But there's just more <laughs> events for him to win, right? I mean, there's a lot of events that Usain Bolt could have run. He only runs three each time. You know, Phelps does more. Fair enough. Fair I enough. Know. I, you know, I don't know the ins and outs of either sport yeah. and, and what it takes to be a, like a multi-sport yeah, athlete as far as swimming or running. So, I mean, Usain Bolt is tied for second all time in golds with nine, and Michael Phelps is first with twenty-four. I mean, yeah, you got to <laughs> give it to Michael Phelps. Yeah. I think he's got to be the best Olympian of all time. He has to be, right? Yeah. I mean, it's going to be hard to ever beat. He just won five gold medals this time around. He had retired a few years ago. I mean, yeah. it's incredible. Yeah, can't, right. can't argue with that. Yeah. Anyway, Ryan Lochte is a piece of shit. So that's <laughs> with that. Let's uh, end quarter number one. Sounds good. Quarter number two begins. That's beer number five. That one also splashed on my computer. I don't think I'll have a computer after today. Hey, so be it. You need a new one anyway. It's totally fine. All right. Quarter number two is where we do, at least this time around, best case, worst case. All right. That's actually probably what we've always done. Maybe. Since Drunk Sports 2, many eons ago. Yeah, you know, back in the day. I when mean, the Woolly Mammoth was the apex predator. Was it ever a predator? No, I, I don't know. Don't those things just eat a lot of leafy greens? Yeah, and then the saber-toothed tigers are dicks to them. Yeah, but they're huge. The women, but then huge. in the Disney movie, sometimes they're friends. Yeah, because they sing. They all yeah. sing and dance. But moving on to sports <laughs> in the this NFL. Is, this is sports-related. So best case, worst case, we've been sort of tweaking this as we've been going because the first time we did best case, worst case, I believe you're basically everyone always died in the worst case and was like became president in the best case. So doesn't it mean that I was actually playing the game correctly? You were playing, yes, yes. Unlike Michael Wilbon when they do like over-under and he always says push on everything on uh, – yeah, no, I was, I was playing the game correctly. Best yeah. case and worst case. So here's so we've been tweaking it. We're going to tweak it a little further. So oh, best case, worst case. Last time we said 20 percentile. I decided that was a little too much. I think like 10% chance of something happening feels like best case, worst okay. case. It's like a reasonable best case. So worst we case. can't say like for Usain Bolt, best case scenario is he becomes president of the United States. That's too much. Yes, that is <laughs> too much. But well, you we, might well, say. Well, we could, we could say Usain Bolt gets a, a gold medal in the next Olympics. Exactly. Yeah, he, there's I like a 10% chance of that. That seems reasonable, yeah. right? He could. He could. Four years from now, still come back and potentially win a gold medal. That's great. Okay, so we're on the same page here. Let's jump in, shall we? A lot of NFL news. All right, finally. We are mostly NFL and NBA guys when it comes to our sports knowledge. No doubt. And we're really going to be hitting the NFL hard soon because of all the, you know, NFL that's going to be played. It's going to be great. We should almost call this drunk NFL, but we are, by the way, 
Uh, slightly guilty NFL watchers. I think. I think that's probably yeah. how we classify us and our, our friends in, in general because you know it kills people. Calvin Johnson's twenty nine. He can't get out of bed. Oh, is that true? Yeah, it's it bad. Sucks. Yeah. So one of anyway, the it's of our really time. fun. We fun have a better watch. life than he does. <laughs> <laughs> it's really fun to watch. <laughs> Enjoy fantasy football. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's talk about anyway, sadness. So, yeah. So let's start with some injuries since we're talking okay, about this. Okay. Anyway. Great. Two things happened to the Patriots this week that were not particularly great for Nobody cares except yeah. for you. The Patriots are a great team. Everyone cares. Um, first of all, Deion Lewis, this is for fantasy football fans everywhere, had to get a second knee surgery, they just announced. He's going to be out six to eight weeks, almost certainly going to start the season on the physically unable to perform list. That so guy's career is over. Second thing that happened this week, uh, the day of the preseason game, which I think was Saturday, I'm going to say, Tom Brady sliced open his hand with a pair of scissors. And I think that was... Very minor. I think that's not really going to be a big deal. Well, so let's play some best case, worst case with these two situations okay. in terms of the Patriots. So Deion Lewis? Sure. I mean, clearly worst case is he's played his last NFL snap, and I think that is yeah. within the 10% range. I'll give you that. Considering yeah. that this is a lingering thing now. Absolutely. He tore his ACL last year, yeah. and like they, he got a surgery. He was supposed to be back, and now, like just now is when they're doing it, which yeah. is weird. No, right? it's, it's not a good situation Bad for sign. Best case, he comes back week eight, and he's great. I think, uh, like, maybe not great, but as good as he was during his peak times last year. I mean, that was pretty great. Yeah. Yeah, so I think that's I think Yeah, that's he can still fair. come back and be Deion Lewis from That's a year. boring best case worst. Just, I d- I'm working on something here. Just okay. let it go. All right. God, all you do is question me. Isn't that my job to make sure that you stay in line here? Your job is to drink and say stupid oh, things. Oh, wait, no, it's the opposite. Your job is to keep me in line. <laughs> yeah. Let's keep it together here. Okay, all right. Brady. Brady, okay. For the Just for the finger slice? Yeah. <laughs> oh, but okay, tied into the fact that he's missing the first four games. This I think season. missing the first four games make the makes the finger slice almost good. It's like <laughs> it's not good. Should but, cut up more of your. But digits. it means that Brady Brady's a competitor, right? Yeah. He, he wants to play whenever he can. He won't be able to play the first four games if there's some way to to further injure that or or further expose himself to infection. He yeah. won't be capable of doing that during an NFL game in the first four weeks of the season. So All that's right. good. All right, fair enough. So I, okay, so best case, obviously. A week from now, it's just like a small right. cut, and it's healed, and it's fine. And I think that's actually quite likely. That's the most likely scenario. Worst case, I guess, is I don't know if this is even within ten percent, but I'm gonna I'm gonna tell me if I'm stretching it here. Okay, All right. you know something happens in any part of his life where where he gets something in there and it gets a bit more infected and it becomes a thing. Yeah, that's definitely less than ten percent. I would say. Okay. But okay, fine, fine. So it becomes a thing. Okay, maybe. Okay, is it more thing. likely that somehow because it didn't look major, a doctor missed some sort of more structural damage there? Maybe there was some sort of tendon damage or something that, that was missed. Maybe it's a little worse. But, you know, the, the Patriots are historically type. Okay, so more, more likely than a doctor missing it, the Patriots underreport it, and actually yeah. he did injure a tendon or something. Right. Yeah, and he's actually going to like not be affected. That's as a that's within for a that's while. within ten percent. Uh, somewhere around there, yeah. maybe five, whatever. So that's worst case. All right, let's and let's finish this up. Not this quarter, but this section um, on the Patriots. With so now with this news, Deion Lewis missing the first at least six games of the season, almost certainly. Brady going to be out four games. Maybe have some issues with his hand. Probably not, but maybe. What do you do in terms of best case, worst case, worst case for the Patriots season now? Oh well, best case is still they get to the Super Bowl and and win it. I think that's within ten percent. Sure. Yeah, they're they're a great team. Still very good. Yeah, that seems um, reasonable. Worst case is. Yeah, this is the more interesting one. Yeah, this is tough. Um, I How suppose bad could it be. 
I mean, it, I, I don't think it's out of the question that LeGarrette Blunt is out of the league for some off-the-field reason by week five or six. Okay. You know, that could Not happen. Impossible. Um, something like that happens. Gronk goes down, which he has before. Yep. You know, he's he's injury-prone. Yep. So you lose Gronk, you lose LeGarrette Blunt. You got James White, who's reasonably good running it's back. Okay. But, and you got Edelman, who's got the foot problem. He could also be on and off the field. You don't have much else on offense. and Maybe Jimmy Garoppolo loses the first four games of the season. As the yeah, and, and the Patriots end up like six and six and ten. Wow. I think that, that I think be, that's within ten percent. That would be quite the fall from grace. They've been to the last five AFC. I think one in ten, one in ten times, they it could be that bad. It could be that bad. I don't know if it's one in ten, but it's not too far away from that. I think so. Fair enough. You're playing the game. Yeah, you're doing great. Thank you. All right, so let's stay in the NFL, shall we? Oh yeah, sounds good. All right, there is word on the street that Mark Sanchez, not only is he not starting for Denver. But they're looking at he's looking at third string, and you know what? They're paying him four and a half million dollars if he stays on the roster, which means he ain't no third string quarterback. They may cut Mark Sanchez. Okay. So uh, let's talk about that a little bit. All right. So uh, what do you mean as far what what am I best case <laughs> worst casing here? Um, that's a great question. Let's do. I don't know. I hadn't thought that far ahead. I just thought, that's smart. Well, well played. <laughs> <laughs> let's just do Mark Sanchez's career. How about that? Oh, Mark Sanchez's career. Okay, that's a good one. Yeah, that's actually a good one. Okay, so best case is. This is this is just give you a little more data. Okay, he's three turnovers and limited action across two postseason appearances. Uh, Paxton Lynch is currently he's the rookie first round. Yeah, yeah. he's the backup currently. And this kid Simeon right now is looking like the first stringer, but they're already talking about giving the job to Paxton Lynch if everyone else sucks. Go on. Okay, best case is kind of easy, I think. Yeah, it is. Um, I think that this is all just fluky, like in best case, and he's gonna play another preseason game, be fine. They're going to start him week one. He'll have good numbers, you know, relatively good numbers. He ends up just being the Broncos starter for the next four years and, right. and being fine and being a good NFL starter. Like, they, could, they could win the title with Being him like too. a top top half of NFL quarterback starters. Like right. If he's 15. the 15th best quarterback yeah. in the league, I mean, the team did better. Won the Super Bowl last year with a guy who's much worse than that. Right? Yeah, for sure. So not not he might win two rings in the next four years. Not impossible. Just it seems because hard to that imagine. defense is so good. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's yeah. hard. The defenses usually regress a bit to the mean. So sure. it's unlikely they'll really stay this good. But I can't believe they won last year. So what do I know? Yeah. So I think that's best case. Worst case, yeah. I mean, that's also kind of easy in a way. It's just that... He's cut before the season begins. They get rid of his contract. Maybe I'm. He's enough of a name. He'll get picked up somewhere else, at least to be a second stringer for a while, and he'll probably just ride the bench for the rest of his career. So brutal. Yeah. So so brutal. It's a lot better than getting hit a lot, though. If you think about it, that it way. is. It is. I mean, there's probably going to be some team who's going to need a quarterback. There always seems to be. And Mark Sanchez is barely good enough to play. Right? He's the like we were talking off off podcast, not off camera, but off mic, I guess, about Ricky Rubio. And we were saying that Rubio is essentially, if he's your starter, you're okay, but you're always looking for a better player. Like, you're never going to you never yeah. be really excited about Ricky Rubio being your starting point guard, but it's okay. Mark Sanchez is a little bit like that. Like, he's like the 24th best quarterback in the league or something, and it's fine, but you can't really win a yeah, whole like, lot. Yeah, like, what's a team them? with a terrible quarterback right now? Who's, oh, I mean, if Brock Osweiler doesn't work out. Sure, so, like, say say Brock Osweiler doesn't work out. Mark Sanchez could land in Houston easily. Right, I mean, the yeah. Rams just, uh, the Rams have Jared Goff. I mean, and, they're going to give him a couple years. Of course they are, but he might not work out. Yeah. He might not be ready, you know. Yeah. Uh, also, who took, oh, the Eagles took the number two pick, Carson Sam, They have Sam Bradford, who still maybe oh, yeah. is okay. I think I'd rather have Bradford than Sanchez, wouldn't you? Yeah, I don't know. Last year, Bradford was bad. Man, I'll take Bradford all day over Mark yeah, Sanchez. Yeah, I mean, they're both no good. 
Bradford's way better than Mark. And Sanchez. by no good, I mean one of the forty best quarterbacks in the world. But you know, even, even better than that, even right. Yeah, Sanchez is like number twenty-five. Bradford's probably like twenty-one. I mean, I'm saying like truly, including all people who haven't gotten their shot yet. What you know? people are those? Jared Goff, like maybe these... Jared Goff might be better. Paxton Lynch <laughs> might be better. Where are these kids in college? Might be better. There's twenty quarterbacks in college right now who are better than these guys. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Absolutely. That's, that's why we turn into junk sports for this kind of stuff. That's good. All right. Um, all right. Finally, staying in the NFL for best case story. It's an all NFL second You don't quarter. have to act like it's like a big pox on you to stay in the NFL. I'm just saying. I'm just trying to, you know, make it sound like you're we talking know what we're like, doing. like either like some shitty host or yeah. some guy who's sad to stay in the NFL. No, I'm not sad at all. I'm you need to change your hosting style. You really need to chill out because you're, you're being mean. I, yeah, well, that's part of my you're job. You're mean drunk. No, I'm not. You know, you're a mean drunk. I am not. You wouldn't hang out with me as much if I was. I don't hang out with you. You hang out with me all the time. <laughs> I don't like it, though. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's a charity thing. It's a different It's a different deal. All right. So I'm staying in the NFL. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so Colin Kaepernick had been said to have a dead arm in practice for a while. And uh, a few days ago, they asked Chip Kelly about Colin Kaepernick. And he said, and I quote, I think Cap is fine. I saw Cap. He's fine. No more, no more, no more. I saw Cap. He's fine. Yeah, and um, apparently he is now running behind Blaine Gabbert, and no one apparently expects Colin Kaepernick to start at quarterback for the 49ers. Everyone that, thinks it's going to be Blaine freaking Gabbert. Well, that's a surprise. Yes. So he's just got an arm injury that won't go away. No, apparently Chip Kelly's saying he's not injured anymore, and apparently Cap is saying that too. He just isn't good enough to beat up Blaine freaking Gabbert, who did go tenth overall. Okay, so there's one of two. Th- oh, what's the best case, worst case here? By the way, what are we doing? Um, 49ers with Blaine Gabbard as the starting quarterback. Best case, worst case. We'll start there. Okay, 49ers well, just with... Use it as an excuse to talk about things. Don't worry about it. Don't, I, don't be so caught up in the format. I'm trying to make sure it's at least somewhat on okay, format. Okay, I mean, whatever. This um, is second quarter. Yeah, second quarter. <laughs> second quarter. Blaine Gabbard. Okay, so... Staying in the NFL. <laughs> Blaine Gabbard was a first-round draft pick, right? He was the 10th overall pick about six years ago. Right. So, it's possible that he's better than we all think. He was not terrible last year when he played a few games yeah. for the 49ers. I'll say that. I mean, he, he started his career. Wonderkun. He started his career on a, a team of complete garbage. Like, yes. the Jacksonville team that he played on was awful. Yes. Right? Beyond so, awful. But it, he was a big part of that awfulness. He like was, if you, but if it, you put if you put a Andrew Luck on that Jacksonville team, guess what? They become the Indianapolis Colts, don't they? I don't More know. More or less. I'm, yeah, I mean, that's quite a statement. Is it? The Colts are terrible. I feel like that's classic Luck. Jonathan Lovey hyperbole. <laughs> Classic, really. Classic. We're at the point where it's classic. It's already. classic at this moment. Um, Maybe they're not the Colts, but they're they're an eight and eight team if they have good Andrew Luck. On I their can't team. agree with you necessarily. Wow. I don't know enough about the ins and outs of the offensive line and shit like that. But whatever. To be fair, if if Jacksonville truly was like one of the worst teams in the NFL yeah. when Blaine Gabbert was there, and I think they were, they were. It that could have really hindered his progress as a young quarterback, and it could have, and maybe he's now finding himself in in San Francisco with Chip Kelly, who is you know a, a polarizing figure as a coach, yes. but could, is potentially a genius coach. I mean, you know, he made Nick Foles look good that one season. Yeah, there there is there's a world where Chip Kelly is actually the guy who everybody's like, we should have really been doing what fucking Chip Kelly's been doing. Like that guy knows what he's doing, right? Yeah. And so maybe he's the guy that gets it out of Blaine Gabbert, and Blaine Gabbert just is a good quarterback, you know, and, and the Niners are, maybe they're not going to be great. They don't have that good of a team surrounding him, but you know, like Carlos Hyde stays healthy and he's actually as talented as people hope he is. And their offense actually is pretty good. And Torrey Smith is a reasonable number one Mm -hmm. receiver. And they actually make reasonable strides towards being, I don't think they could really, 
do that much, in, especially in their division. But the maybe division's so tough. Maybe they can go eight and eight or something. That would be an extraordinary that's, year for them. That's best case scenario, yeah. eight and eight. But and Blaine Gabbert's like, oh, this is the future starter right. of this team. I will say that the NFL is history anyway is rife with late boomer quarterbacks. Like a lot of quarterbacks weren't very good for many years, and suddenly like put it all together. Be it they're in the right system, they're with the right coach, they figure something out. Happens a lot. Kurt Warner took years before anyone didn't cut him. Jeff you know? Garcia. Jeff Garcia is the other guy I was thinking. Yeah. Of. yeah. But there's a lot of other folks too who just got better as they got older for whatever reason. Yeah. You know, um, who's the guy who was on uh, the Raiders when they went to the Super Bowl? Oh yeah, Rich Gannon. Rich Gannon, perfect yeah, example. That's a of that. good example. Like he was like just a backup for years and a, and a mediocre at best starting quarterback for the Chiefs, and then he gets in the right system. Maybe he matured a little bit or figured some stuff out, and suddenly he was like MVP candidate. Right? Yeah, it's pretty cool. Brett Grossman was an MVP candidate for one year with the Chicago Bears. I don't think that's true. No, I mean he wasn't. By, by the end of the season, he wasn't. But through I, as a Bears fan, I always remember. The, for the, through the first five games of the year or something, or six games, <laughs> Rex Grossman was having an incredible season. He threw yeah. like 13 touchdowns, two interceptions, 1,400 yards, something like that in the first five games. And uh, his his big target was Mushin Muhammad. Okay, let, uh, let's 2006. Just, nobody oh, cares. Let's move on. Day. Oh, let's talk more about no that. No one wants to hear oh, you yeah, talk about the Bears from back then or the Bears hey, now. Let's talk more about that. the first play of that Super Bowl where, where Devin Harris returned it. That's for, not his name. That's not Devin. No, Devin not. Hester. Devin Hester. I guess the drunk is getting drunk. Yeah, the drunk is losing it, and uh, thank God I'm here. I'll say that anyway. Well, we're lucky that both of us are here because you fucked up plenty, Levy. <laughs> <laughs> what have I done? Oh, you know what you've done. <laughs> I do. Yeah. I do, and I'm sorry. I, we I we feel... didn't do worst case for the Niners, by the way. We're, Speaking I, of what no, you have no, done. No, no, I was aware of that, okay. number one. Number two, first of all, I'm thinking we haven't done worst case. Everyone knows what the worst case is. It's pretty obvious. They go 2-14. and 14. There's nothing to talk They're about. They're the worst there. team in the NFL. I was thinking about changing that to doing a worst case and best case for Concap's career at this point. Mm. Let's say he's no—let's let's just play that this way. We don't have to do best case, worst case. Let's just talk about it. Let's say the 49ers cut him. Okay, I don't think that's likely this year. Based on his contract, they may—I don't know when they have to um, guarantee the money or not. They, his contract is set up that it's essentially a bunch of one-year contracts, and if he's not starting, I think they've already—I think he's already locked in for the year, actually. So then they're okay. not going to cut him. Okay, let's pretend the 49ers cut him, or someone wanted to trade for him. Would anyone want to trade for him? No. Yes. Oh, really? Who? I don't know, but it's kind of the same thing as we were talking about with Mark Sanchez. You know, yeah. somebody will take a shot, right? Kaepernick oh, was really good for a little while. Yeah, I mean, Mark Sanchez went to two AFC championships in a row, but he was the, no good though. The year that Kaepernick was good, he was really good. Yeah, he was legit, and he was one of the main reasons why the team was so good. Yeah, unlike Sanchez, who was never the reason why the yeah. team was good. He was okay at best. Um, yeah. Kaepernick was—it's like RG three. He's he's very similar to RG three without the injuries. He just got worse yeah. anyway. Yeah. Kind of like that, but yeah. it's like a difference maker, a true difference maker at quarterback who then is, just falls apart. Yeah. So that's actually, Cleveland's a place, like if RG3 doesn't work out, they could try out Colin Kaepernick. RG3 right? is looking good in the preseason, by yeah, the way. Yeah, yeah. Who cares? I'm Let's drafting him in the second preseason. round of the fantasy football. I, bring, I say, please. please. <laughs> Draft him in any round of the fantasy football league. It's fine. I might, do, I might go round 17 on that guy. Well, that's fine for 17. Yeah. I'll give you that. All right. Um, I think we're wrapping up quarter number two. All right. Sounds good. We will be back after halftime. So enjoy the cheerleaders. It's quarter number three, and that means it's time for Who Done Good, Who Fucked Up. Here comes beer number six. Yeah. Seven? It's one of the two. Yeah, we've lost count. We had halftime. Halftime is a time of smoke and mirrors, and nobody knows what's going on. <laughs> yeah. 
You uh, just drink and talk fantasy football with me for like 40 minutes. Yeah, and I just come back and do another yeah, segment. A, I basically halftime is Grant annoys the shit out of Jonathan yeah. until Jonathan's like, let's just do, let's just go. Do I'm, third I'm like, quarter. stop thinking about what fourth round wide receiver might finish in the top five. Nobody cares. I'm sorry. It's about fantasy football draft time. We play <laughs> fantasy football. We're not a fantasy football podcast and nice. we're not going to talk about fantasy right. football, except that we are talking about that we talked about fantasy football. Okay. But let's move on to. The segment. Okay. Who done good? Who fucked up? The profanity segment. Yes, because, indeed. Because of the name. All right. So here's the first one. I got three of these for you. Okay. I'm going to line them up. The Arizona Cardinals allowed a documentary film crew to come in, film an entire season, film the 2015 season. Pretty cool. It's on Amazon. It's called All or Nothing. Yeah. It's actually a really fun show to watch. Yeah. I watched it. Definitely enjoyed watching the whole thing. Had some pretty strong opinions about certain things. So my question is this. Did they fuck up or did they do good? Is this good or bad for the Arizona Cardinals to have allowed this to happen? Well, my first answer was I thought you were going to ask about the NFL, and I think it's great for the NFL. Yeah. I think they did a good job. And obviously they don't talk about concussions or anything throughout the whole wow. thing. They did, do not. Did you notice that as yes. you were watching? Because I certainly did. And that's the same with hard knocks. They never really talk about like, oh, everybody's going to die when they're 48. It's great. They also, uh, they do very little just on like the shots the guys get before the game and at halftime and stuff yeah. like that, which apparently there's a huge line of guys every game. They get these shots. Apparently there's intense screaming because some of, sometimes you get a shot for the shot because the shot hurts so much kind of a wow. thing. Wow. And uh, like they just don't have any of that. So... It's a cleaned up version of the NFL, it's, which is the, it's the Mister Rogers of NFL. It's the NFL we want to believe in, the NFL that yeah. we cheer for and we like, and we pretend okay, the other one doesn't uh, exist. Before I answer this question, I, I have to ask you: Why do you think this makes it so the Arizona Cardinals fucked up? That's an interesting question. So I guess my thoughts would be: Okay, first of all, I thought Bruce Arians was a wonderfully entertaining coach. Yes. I lost a lot of respect for Bruce Arians watching You thought he was not a good coach. I thought he was not a good coach. He's probably a good X's and O's coach. Yeah. I don't know anything about that stuff. I'm sure sure he'd be a great offensive coordinator like he was before. I don't think he's actually good at motivating players, even though he he does – he's very old school. So he's constantly, you know, telling everyone, you know, these like they were up like 30 to three or something and like against the Packers at, at you know, in week 16 when they could clinch a bye. And he came at the halftime. So he said these next five minutes are the most fi- important five minutes of the season. And it's like they cannot be. The is most that important when, five is that when Tyron Matthew got injured? Um, I believe it is. So that's when Bruce Arians fucked up. To, yes. to, I mean, They're how do you leave your starters in in a blowout when it doesn't matter? And the fucking honey badger goes down for a season or two. Yeah. You know, like it's not good. Well, that guy is that guy is one of your three best defensive players. And absolutely. Yeah. Who's, who's besides Patrick Peterson? Who else are you thinking of? Calais Campbell? Yes. Okay. Yeah. He might be the best. He, he might be the best. Know. Maybe yeah. Patrick Peterson. Yeah, Patrick he's, Peterson is probably. He's on the list as maybe the best. Right. Uh, also, he's really young, and so by like a year or two from now, he might be your best defense. Yeah. He might be your best player on the team. Even I mean, he's absolutely that, that kind of potential. Yeah. So that, so that was, was a huge. That fuck was up. a fuck up. I don't think the Cardinals fucked up at all by letting the the film crews in. I think if anything, they gained a lot more fans. Yeah, like, that's I, true. I, I, it, the way that they were portrayed was very positive. Yes. Every. I mean, and they had a great season, and I think they did truly have a team that was a bit different than the average NFL team, a bit more together and a bit more ready to win because they knew they were in that spot where they could win. Right. Mm-hmm. And they, they had that team atmosphere and that, that showed through really well. And it was great for the NFL for sure. And I think it was also good for the Cardinals, the way that they were portrayed. What'd you think about Arian's decision in week 17, when they were playing a meaningless game against the Seahawks, they'd already locked in the number two seed. 
to start all his players. Uh, and he pulled Carson Palmer at the end of the first half because they were getting blown out, like 33-7. to seven. But he left everyone else in for at least a bit. I think anyway. it's a terrible fucking decision. Like, what is going on in the it's NFL? So, it, it, the, I think we've talked about this on a different drunk sports. We have, but we it's have. just the, the stupid macho attitude of, like, you have to make sure you put out your best every time. No, play the game a little bit. You know, we're... we're we come from poker. That's where our podcast background comes yes, from. Yes, we're the poker guys. Game theory is kind of everything in poker. Right. And game theory would dictate not to leave your most important assets in, in meaningless times. Like, yeah. it's crazy that so many, even Belichick does that. Absolutely. It's, it's, it's insane. Bizarre. Belichick should be the smartest guy, but he's not. Like, you know, like, maybe he is, but nobody else is doing it right. Maybe Chip Kelly would do it right. Who knows? Maybe, maybe he would. I mean, I think the Colts, the Tony Dungy Colts back in the day, remember they used to sit people in those last game or two because they had yes, Yeah, they would sit Peyton Manning, yeah. Yeah, and then they would n- always lose in the first, the first game they play in the playoffs and yeah, never so, make the Super Bowl. But and, that's, that's like such a small sample size of evidence, oh, obviously. I'm not, I'm not using that as evidence at all. I'm saying I think the rest of the league did, though. Yeah, and but, what I'm saying is I think the NFL is full of statistical morons. Like, they don't yes. really understand what they're looking at. They are anecdotal people, and I think... This is something that has been kind of a thing I've been talking about recently, just in my general life. But anecdotes tend to trump data, hard data in the way people think. And that shouldn't be how it is, but that's how humans act. Like right. You have the Tesla anecdote of, of the guy who died when he put it on autopilot because he didn't understand what autopilot was, I suppose. And he just kind of messed up. That anecdote makes it seem like Tesla is a car that is dangerous in some way where the data shows that it's actually one of the safest cars you can possibly buy. Probably the safest. But people don't care about the data. They care about the anecdote. Right. So the anecdote of the Colts sitting their players and then losing in the first round of the playoffs, it disregards a lot of confounding variables, meaning things that you don't see on the surface. Like maybe Peyton Manning actually is a choker in the playoffs, for example. Yeah, sure. Stuff like that. You know, like... There's a lot of confounding variables such as that, that that could be happening. And I think, sure, maybe the NFL guys see that and they think, oh, that means this. But they don't understand that the sample size is way too small. I got to tell you, I really believe we're still in the dark ages of NFL coaching. Absolutely we are. These guys do not know what the hell they're doing. I mean, not only are they bad at basic math type situations like going for two or not going for two, things like that, punting, field kicking, they make Wrong decisions all the time, going forward and forth down, all that stuff. But they still, I think pretty much everybody tries to motivate their team with this rah, rah, you know, you against the world thing where, and also like trying to like act as though the players care about wins versus their own, like the players' incentives are usually not really tied to no, winning. No, they, they, they got to get a certain amount of sacks, certain amount of tackles, right. certain amount of it's completions. A, it's a stats yeah. thing. Now, I'm not saying none of the players care about winning. I know a bunch of them really do. Yeah, like, do. We're all competitive. We want to win. But let's not pretend when these guys are literally killing themselves. And like, they know this is the usually the only money they're going to make in their lives of any significant value. Some some NFL guys turn into good businessmen afterwards. Or commentators, but yeah. on average, that's not the case. Of course. Yeah, and, and, and so this is like, you're making, if you're like a fourth stringer on some, you're making 675 a year, that's a lot of money. You're not going to make anything near that, but you've already dedicated your whole life to football. You have no resume anywhere else. It's brutal. Yeah. It's brutal. So this rah-rah, like, you have to do it, blah, blah, everyone, like, they showed in the hard knocks thing, like, 
Tyrone Matthew. I'm Patrick Peterson would like give these ridiculous speeches to the backfield, defensive backfield and stuff like that of, you know, like about winning and it's about this and it's about heart. The guys who had the big contracts given their RRS. Yeah. And it's like, and also they're the kids. They're the youngest guys in the room. And it's like, come on, man. Like no one's taking you seriously. Like, come on. Like, do you really think this changes the way anyone plays? Cause I don't. Like personally, I know that sometimes they have bad practices and sometimes they have good practices. I think but I don't I think, think getting it, on them matters. I think it might matter, but not as much as they think. Okay. Yeah, I think it's marginal compared to everything else they could do to to be better. Like taking your fucking starters out when you already won. Yeah. Like, I mean, I'm ready for the the coach who comes in, treats the players like adults who have jobs, who are going to like <laughs> yeah. take it seriously when it's time to take it seriously and just trust that and not have to yell at them, not have to question their manhood, not have to do anything like that. I will argue, or someone, someone, my cousin actually made this argument to me, that Joe Philbin kind of tried that and failed miserably, but it may be because Joe Philbin isn't really a leader of any kind. Yeah, he doesn't seem to have that leadership. He was on Hard Knocks, in fact. Yes, yeah, so, I mean, we got to see it. Yeah. That, he, so, like, so we get to see Bruce Arians, we get to see Joe Philbin, you get to see the difference, right? Yeah, Bruce Arians is a guy who's like, hey, I like that guy. You know, I, I want to yeah. hang out with that guy. And You don't, and, you don't like and, Joe Philbin. Now, the other thing is, Joe Philbin had Ryan Tannehill, Bruce Arians has Carson Palmer, and a great team. So so Bruce Arians gets to win all these games, Joe Philbin's fired because his team's terrible. Like, if Joe Philbin had all these guys and had his had his had the Cardinals and had his style, like, maybe we'd all be, everyone would start to be modeling more towards that, right? Yeah, maybe so. Know. But I think, like, the owners want this particular sort of rah-rah, you know, savage type figurehead. I think, that's, I think that's what the NFL has to do to stay relevant. I think why? Because I think once you break down the numbers, start people's when people start looking at the numbers, they start looking at how the NFL really works, and they see how the players really die really early. And you know, uh, all, all I see. Of, like you want to keep this whole kind of warrior mentality thing going on. Oh, that's an interesting point. Yeah, that's an interesting point. Not bad for a guy who's like six beers in or seven. Yeah, beers thank in. you. I appreciate that. You're and uh, we did not do a good job of who done good, who fucked up. But no, I would we're say doing fine. the Arizona Cardinals. I enjoyed the diatribe. That's probably the best part. But the Arizona Cardinals did not fuck up by being okay. on that. I, I, I agree. Would, I agree. I don't think they fucked up either, but I lost a lot of respect for Bruce Arians, which surprised me. Yeah. Okay. Here's a cool who done good, who fucked up. Two days ago in the Olympics, there was a wrestling match. It was the bronze medal wrestling match. Did you hear about this? You know about this? No. Okay. This is amazing. It's fresh to me. New to me. Okay. I'm not going to get everything right because I didn't write down any notes about it. But there's a Mongolian wrestler and another Eastern European wrestler is from this, some country. Is this Mongolia's only Olympic competitor? I don't believe so. Okay. So... They're tied at six to six as this wrestling thing is going on, right? And no, sorry, they are not. The Mongolian is up six to five. Okay. There's like 10 seconds left in the match. And the Mongolian is all excited because he thinks he's about to win the bronze. He's excited about this. He starts sort of dancing around and not letting the other guy like lock, lock up with him, right? And like runs out the clock, sort of dancing around. He's just like giddy and excited, right? And the judges award a penalty point to the other player to tie it at six. For excessive celebration? Um, I think for, like, not allowing the guy to actually, like, try and wrestle the last 10 seconds, right? Which is probably correct to do. Yeah, I don't know. I have no idea. Let's assume that's correct. okay. So that's not the incredible thing. What I'm about to tell you next, which is pretty cool, also not the incredible thing. Um, In wrestling, they don't, when you're tied, they don't go to overtime. They just, whoever scored the last point wins the match. So the guy who was down to six to five, because of this penalty point, gets the bronze medal and the other guy gets nothing. Whoa. That's not the incredible thing. That is kind of crazy, though. Oh, it's amazing. Why would that be the rule? 
I don't know. That's a terrible rule. I don't because I guess they think like it's a big deal when you're down six to five to tie it up. Like that's such an important. There point. must have been some sort of exploitation of the rules before that to make them make that rule. I mean, the guy who's up six to five with a minute to go can just be playing defense the whole time, you know. And the other guy's got to take big risks. I don't know. I don't know why they decide to do that rather than just play another minute. But that's what they do. That's the rule. Yeah. Okay. But the incredible thing is this: win by two. How about that? The guy has two coaches who are there, right? And they were very upset. And the Mongolian of, guy. Yeah. They're two Mongolian coaches. They start protesting, like yelling at the ref. One of them starts taking off his clothes. What? Yeah. He takes off his shirt, takes off his pants, takes off his shoes. How old is this guy? I, you know, I mean, the video was sort of, you know, pulled back, but I would say he's like 45, 50. Oh, I wish he was 75. He wasn't 75. <laughs> <laughs> so he starts doing this. There's the other Mongolian coach follows suit and just slamming his clothes off. And there's two, they're not naked. One of them, I think one of them kept his pants on. The other one was down to his skivvies, as they say. Um, this was their form of protest. This actually happened in the Olympics two days ago. That's awesome. That happened for That's real. international competition for you. That's, I mean, that's way better than the Ryan Lochte story. So my question to you is this, sir. Who done good? Who fucked up? The Mongolian coaches done good for oh sure. Oh, my God, right? That's awesome. I love that. How could they have fucked up? Yeah, that's hilarious. (laughs) It's the best thing ever. I think the wrestling rules fucked up by making that the rule. Yeah. I mean, I know that's not exactly what you were asking. I'm asking anything. That I don't like that rule. It's a weird rule. Um, Yeah, that really happened, and it's an extraordinary, extraordinary thing. I encourage everyone to find the video of that because you just don't get to see 55 year old men or whatever they are getting naked because they're angry. I mean, the Mongols have a very fierce cultural history, so maybe they're just ready to fight. You know, like. Genghis Khan. That guy was he was good at, at the fighting. He, if, and if he got angry, man, those clothes came right off. <laughs> Did I mean, you know, the armor was probably more important to him than than getting naked. But, but. the thing is, you get so angry when you're... Mon- no, I'm not going to go there. Okay. okay. Um, let's do one final one quickly. All right. This one's a little less Doesn't interesting. Doesn't quick. Let's make it long. All right. This one, I'm just saying, I feel like I can't top that. That was so good. That was pretty good. It's the greatest story ever. That's an amazing story. Oh, yeah. I wish maybe... All right. Anyway, who If cares? I didn't already love the Mongols... <laughs> now you love them. Now I love them. Wrath of the Cons. All right. So the Lakers... We're leaving the Olympics and we're leaving the NFL. The Lakers si- made a signing. Of Los Angeles. Yes. Uh, they signed E. Jianlian, if you remember him. Yes, I do. Tall Chinese dude. Yeah. Yeah. He was uh, the sixth overall pick by the Bucks in 2008. Something Sounds like- about right. I don't think it was 2008. I think it was more like 2010, but well, whatever. He was a top 10 pick. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And um, he was actually known as the chairman coined by uh, Bill Simmons. I know why. Please go ahead. Because the... There was a tape of him doing all sorts of post moves against the chair. That's correct. The chair yeah. was defending him. He did. I, in fairness, he shot a very high percentage against the chair. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the Lakers just signed him. Now he hasn't played in the NBA, I believe, in four years. It's been a while. So maybe he was drafted. He was supposed to be the second coming of Yao Ming. Basically, I mean, he had a different game. Yao Ming had a post. Not exactly, but they were like, "Oh, Chinese players are now going to be a thing. Like the tall Chinese players who are good at shooting are going to be an NBA thing." Right. Jian Lian was supposed to have a better outside shot. He could rebound a bit. Also, yeah. He was. He looked. It turns out that hasn't happened at all since Yao Ming. But that's true. Actually, yeah, you're right. But but this guy was a a real prospect. Yeah. Yeah. How Uh, old is he now? Twenty eight or something? Something like that. Yeah. No one knows. Twenty nine. You know, no one gets those ages. Don't come out. It doesn't actually matter that much considering the way he plays. I mean, he could. He's like a Nowitzki style player, right? right? So So. here's my question: He hasn't played in four years. He's been playing in the Chinese leagues, which Uh, are actually competitive leagues. Yeah, the CBA is actually pretty good. Uh, I think he played in the Olympics as well. Did okay there. 
No, did great there. That's why the Lakers signed him. I okay. think I read that story. Did great there. Excuse me. So what kind of contract do you think? Like, Do you know what kind of contract they signed him to? No. Great. No idea. Well, tell me what you would guess the terms of it. It's a one-year deal. I would assume it would be the minimum. That's a reasonable assumption, and it is except there are incentives. Okay. So he can make up to how much money? I don't know. Minimum squared? Yeah, that's that's not a bad guess, except it's $8 million. Wow. Yeah. How? Up to $8 million. How can you make $8 million? You know, does well. I don't know. I didn't. No one knows the the, the incentives exactly are yet. But the, originally wow. came out that it was a one year, eight million dollar deal, which I seemed insane. The contract he was being offered by the CBA was probably good enough that they had to offer him something like that. Okay. I mean, I guess. And in, in fairness, if the incentives are reasonable, then like you're happy to pay the guy eight million if he's you know a starter. For I you. mean, okay. I don't think this is necessarily a terrible decision by the Lakers. This is the question: Who done good? Who fucked up? Um. So if if you're asking if the Lakers fucked up. It's a murky one. I think it is a murky one because I think he was probably when when Jian Lin is that how you say his name? I said Jian Lian because it seems right. Yi Jin Lan or Jian Lian? Sure. Yeah. Um, anyway, Yi, right? That's that's one of his names. Yi. <laughs> yes. Okay. So that guy was he was overdrafted for his potential, right? And it yeah. didn't it didn't work out. Correct. So maybe it, he's just a guy, and this seems to be a, the case with many of the guys who come. From international space to the U.S. to play in the NBA that are big guys who can shoot, that it takes a little bit longer for them to develop, right? That happened with Dirk Nowitzki, right? I mean, no. Dirk Nowitzki was great in his second year. Okay, fine. But it took a year. Yes, it did take a year. (laughs) Jalen Leon actually uh, was bad his first year with the Bucs. They traded him after the first year. They bailed out. He was pretty good on the Nets his second year. He averaged like 14 and 8, but that was his peak. Hmm. Well, that's not bad. Played for two other teams as well, including the Mavericks, but it never really worked anyway, out for him. Anyway, it's possible that this type of player, this, yeah. this like big guy who can shoot threes and is more of just kind of a, a floor stretcher type guy, peaks later than a lot of the more athletic type players. I mean, and, okay. Can he, can he shoot threes? I mean, we're just sort of saying that. I yeah. thought you were saying he was like a good shooter. I don't, I don't, know, if he's an, I don't know if he's a three-point shooter. Okay, but he, he, can, shoot, he can shoot from long range, and yeah. it's hard to block his shot because he's very tall. Absolutely. Yeah. Much like Dirk Nowitzki or Yao Ming. I mean, Yao Ming was like seven foot six. This guy's like six um, foot sure, okay. eleven or something. Yao Ming was nine. unstoppable. Right. Yao Ming, a completely different animal. Yeah, for sure. Yao Ming was like an unstoppable beast that nobody could stop. I mean, but, well said. That's yeah. really well put. Yao Ming essentially like Hall of Fame. You know, one of the all time greats. If he never got hurt. Yes, yeah. I agree. Okay, but of course, everybody who has that frame is going to get hurt. But it has seemed to be the case. Yeah. So okay. So this guy maybe. Just needed to mature his game some, and maybe the Lakers made a good choice here. He could become like a truly usable NBA starter. I mean, this type of of skill set, especially in today's NBA, today's NBA versus the NBA in two thousand nine, two thousand ten, whenever he was drafted, yeah, very different. Agreed. As far as what you want from your power forward, which is, I guess, his position, right? Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, I assume it, maybe he's a small ball five sometimes. I mean, like too, right now, yeah. Ryan Anderson's like a coveted power forward, and he's. Essentially, just a guy who can shoot threes, right? Twenty million a year. That yeah, guy. yeah. Ryan Anderson, crazy. Like, how this, is this possible? Isn't this a better deal for the Lakers than whoever who signed Ryan Anderson for twenty million a year? I can't even remember. But Houston, either way, it was Houston. What, isn't this a better expected value play for the Lakers than than the Ryan Anderson play? I think it is. Um, I mean, first of all, if he's no good, they're only paying him the minimum. Who cares? Yeah, Who absolutely. Cares? Yeah, and if he is good, then you're happy to pay him. Yeah, and it's only it maxes out at a million, which these days means I think the a, Lakers, a rotation player gets paid eight million. The more we talk about this, the more I fucking love it. I've really I come around on great. this too. Yeah, this I think is this a good is job. Great. Yeah, like it's possible this guy is truly great. Like I think he was averaging a double double in the Olympics. I think I read something like that. Like, I mean, you know, the Olympics. Let's not go sure. Crazy. Okay, fair enough. But like this guy, 
obviously had some sort of potential that scouts saw that he got drafted in the top 10 of the NBA draft. Eight, eight years ago. Yeah, doesn't matter, <laughs> dude. I mean, like, he still, he still exists, right? I mean, and his athleticism was not the reason he got drafted, was it? It was his height and his uh, finesse. Right. Okay, so that did not diminish. Probably, but he was, but it wasn't there as much as they a thought. A few inches shorter, just a few <laughs> inches. But his finesse, like they drafted him because they thought he was going to have these small ball skills, which he didn't really have to the degree they wanted. But okay. I agree with you that the NBA now values those skills more than they used to. Yeah, and I mean now people like Myers Leonard are getting paid even though they had terrible seasons and not paid as much as he should. It's a great point. Should have got, but like. You know what I'm saying? Like, would you rather have Myers Leonard or this guy? I'm just saying this. There's a chance that Festus Azili will get paid less money this year than E. Gian Leon. And that's insane. I In mean, that's, scenario, o- that's, that's only insane. if he outperforms what people expect, right? Right. But Festus could ha- could be the best center in the league, and he's still going to get paid less. Yeah. <laughs> that's incredible. Yeah. That's all. Yeah. That's so all. I think I think the Lakers did good. I think, they did, I think they did real good, actually. Yeah, you know, the minimum thing really makes it work. If it was $8 yeah. million guaranteed, I'd have a problem with that. That would be fucking up. But this seems this seems like a good it choice. It seems like a really good choice. It feels like the best move the Lakers have made in a long time because they always screw up, I don't in my like, opinion. I don't feel like drafting D'Angelo Russell was a bad move. I think that well, was that a good move. That was fine. That was perfectly fine. No, their drafting's been fine. Their Obviously, problem was having was Byron Scott as their coach, which finally they, they got rid of. I mean, they signed Mozgov, right, for $16 million a year. That, was, four that years. seemed like a mistake. Right. Yeah. So That seems like a really, really big mistake. Saying they don't do a good job. No, they don't generally do a good job, but maybe they accidentally did a good job here. <laughs> maybe, maybe. All right, let's end quarter number three right here. We'll come back with Let the Drunk Fix It. All right. If you got yourself a problem, you better let the drunk fix it because he is here. He's in town. He's on beer number eight. I think that's beer number eight. It yeah. might be nine. Who knows? Nobody knows. The drunk is not a person who counts things. <laughs> and that's why we come to you with our problems. Of course. <laughs> I, I fix things. I don't count things. Right. Absolutely. How many jobs do you want me to have? I mean, I just come want on. you to fix I just want you to fix all the problems in sports. That's all I ever want from you, my man. Um that can be done easily, but I will not tell you how. <laughs> you won't tell us how? No. <laughs> well, no. <laughs> But what if, okay, what if, what if I give you particular problems like we always do in this segment? Are you going to tell well, us how you can fix I can, those? I can tell you specific things, but it's okay. like, I'm like a genie. I grant three to seven wishes, however many. <laughs> I, I was hoping for seven, but I guess it's going to just be three. It's probably going to be three this time. Yeah, but I'm going to elongate them for sure. It's okay. I think I'm not worried about that. Okay. So first problem for the drunk to fix. Okay. And it's a humdinger. Hold on. Hold on. Let me get kind of psyched up. Okay. All right. Okay, I did an internal thing. Nobody saw it. This is, that is terrible radio, my man. What, I don't care. Could you show us the psych, man? You gotta, you gotta. Oh, I'm gonna tweet out the psych. It's just you know, let the people feel it. it they could know all. All that I did physically was look in a certain direction, but what I was doing was mentally preparing myself in a way that is proprietary and technically <laughs> illegal to copy. You cannot copy. It's, it's illegal. Proprietary. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, fair enough. I don't yeah. want to get in any trouble. Yeah, right. you don't want to. I got lawyers. But speaking of lawyers and getting in trouble, here's problem number one for the drunk to fix. This guy, who you may have heard a little about, we've already talked about him, Ryan Lochte. All right. Of course I was always going to come back to Ryan I Lochte. I knew you were going segment. to. You said, like, wait for it to develop. Like, it's I didn't so obvious. fucking notice that. Why would you not think? It's 100%. It's made for let the drunk fix it. All right. This is a, this is a layup. You're Ryan Lochte's. PR agent. Okay, I don't want fix to. The I don't want to be this guy. <laughs> fix the problem. Okay, um, I think that I say Ryan Lochte has diagnosable something or other. Like, <laughs> no, no, go ahead. Diagnosable what? Uh, I, I'm trying to think of what would be the best thing to say. I'm, yeah. So I'm gonna guess it's something like bipolar disorder. No, maybe. you could do better than that. Bipolar disorder. Yeah. 
Okay, go ahead. Yeah, diagnosable bipolar disorder. Maybe you're right. Where, where he uh, he he goes kind of nuts. He gets real drunk and he he acts irresponsibly, but he can't really help himself. Right. You know, he's got this issue, and it, there's nothing he can do. It's just how he acts, and he kind of drug his teammates into this, and is he's kind of got this cult of personality going on because. He's the dumbest guy on the swim team. <laughs> in the team. world, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I guess he doesn't have a cult of personality going on at all. No, but he's the guy who is more famous than anybody but Michael Phelps on the swim team. Yeah. The guy who's go- willing to go out and party with you on the swim team, which Michael Phelps, I'm sure, is not. I mean, he was caught, you know, smoking pot Oh, he back smoked weed. Who gives a shit? That's I like, uh, that, wasn't even during, that wasn't during the Olympics. I'm like, just saying, Michael Phelps can party. I bet Michael Phelps during the Olympics was a monk. I think Michael Phelps was an up in every single female Olympic swimmer there is. Well, maybe, but he wasn't getting hammered and pee on gas station walls. You know, that's true. He wasn't getting yeah. guns pulled on him either. Yeah. By the so, way, speaking of all this, the reason why we, for our listeners, why we need a PR person for Ryan Lochte to save the day is four of his sponsors have dropped him, including Speedo. Okay, so it's going to be tough to save because, as I said in the first segment, Ryan Lochte is in the twilight of his career. He yeah. is unlikely to compete in the next Summer Olympics four years from now because hey, he will be 36 years old. Hey, a research assistant, can you confirm that Ryan Lochte is 32? We're going to get back on yeah, that. Yeah, we're going to get back on that. All right, but go on. Let's find out Ryan Lochte's age, please. Uh, research going. assistant, who is also my wife. Um, she, he is indeed 32. Nice job, Grant. Yeah. Nice job, research assistant, Lauren. Yeah, that's my wife. She's good at uh, researching and watching me drink. She so. uses the Google quite well. <laughs> She's talented with the Google. <laughs> she looks really pissed. It's a marriage made in heaven. <laughs> I'm not going to let the drunk fix your marriage. I'm gonna, let's get back okay, to fixing we'll, Ryan Lochte's We'll fix the marriage image. with a, a different drunk. We'll fix my marriage when I'm sober. Sounds good. So, <laughs> All right. So Ryan Lochte, okay, he's lost all these sponsorships. Is Do we feel like there's a way he can get him back? That's the question, isn't it, PR person? Is there a way he can get him back? By the way, can you also explain that terrible apology thing he did? Can you find a way to like PR that oh, out of God. existence? Here's the thing. This is the worst spot to put me in because if I was his PR person, he would have never put out that apology. I would have never allowed him to put that well, out. Well, I mean, the thing is there's the written apology, but he also went on you know, an interview yeah. with Matt Lauer, which you can't really control. It's like people trying to control Donald Trump. Like It doesn't matter what handlers you have. He's going to tweet what he's going to tweet. Like sure. Once Ryan Lochte's out there and the cameras are rolling, you can't really do anything about it. You know, he's going to, no matter how much you coach, how much do you think you can coach Ryan Lochte? He's not going to remember anything past word four of what you say. <laughs> and <laughs> that's that'd a good be short words, in fairness. Okay. Here's how we fix it. Do it. Here's how we fix it. Bring it. Okay. Ryan Lochte becomes a spokesman for vape pens. Okay. That's the, that's, that's the target audience right there. He's like, you like the party? I like the party. I can't really have a good time unless I'm vaping with this <laughs> this peachy tobacco in my vape mouth. I like it. I like yeah, it. So I, and vapes are a huge industry yeah. that a bunch of people like, you know. So hmm. in so I think I think what we do is we go dirty. Yeah, basically, I like this. is what I'm saying. I like this. We go vape pens, we go fucking porn sites. I don't care like be like, porn sites. Like, like, this is my favorite porn site. This is a porn site I go to all the yeah. time. Every time I piss in a gas station, then I go to this porn site and jerk off. You know what and I'm getting? <laughs> you know what I'm getting from this? I'm getting you're, do- you're doing this. It's not a bug. It's a feature kind of a thing, yes. right? So Ryan Lochte becomes this bad boy, yeah. right? He's a vapor. He Harley Davidson might be like, Ryan Lochte doesn't fucking obey the rules. But guess what? <laughs> Neither does anybody who has a Harley Davidson. Fuck you. Yeah. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's like, yeah. So if you drive a car, you're a piece of shit. Ryan Lochte doesn't drive a car. He pisses on the wall and drives a Harley Davidson. Maybe like the smoking, like Philip Morris. Morris and all them could hire him, you know? Yeah. Like, 
They're sort of like, do you think I care if I die early? I've already won 12 medals. Yeah. Fuck you. I'm certainly going to die one way or another early. I, yeah. I'm Ryan Lochte. I'm, I'm probably no going to fall out of a plane by accident. <laughs> <laughs> Not even skydiving. <laughs> <laughs> I knew we were going to be fine with the Ryan Lochte thing. Yeah, I so I think, I think we fixed it. He, he just <laughs> yeah, repre- he did. He represents brands that, that want him to be a piece of shit. Can I basically. be honest? This is, you've had other really entertaining fixes. This is the best actual fix you've ever had. This Thank is you. a legit fix for Ryan Lochte's career, right? This is where the endorsement money is for him, I think. Yeah, this be, is a great idea. He transitions because he should be transitioning from swimming to something else because he's not going to swim for that much longer and this guy's a moron so i was thinking if he, he can should sponsor to, go ahead if go he ahead, can sponsor guys. dumb person stupid things <laughs> that's perfect <laughs> i was thinking he could transition from like olympics to like i don't know reading or like addition and subtraction but that's good too that's totally good too yeah. i think he's dumb that's the joke okay yeah <laughs> so we wow, I, I fixed that way better than I expected. I, to. You nailed it. It was so good. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. It was you. so, so good. You really, you know, this is a lot of untapped potential in you. One day. I appreciate Maybe that. Maybe one day you'll yeah, actually. One day I'll be, a, like, uh, I'll be like a corporate fixer for Verizon and hate my life. You'll be like, but I need alcohol. <laughs> I can't do it without the alcohol. <laughs> they won't understand. <laughs> All right. Moving on to number two, the NFL. Every year. They have four or five preseason games for each team. Yes. And every year, nobody cares. Yep. The only people who watch those games and go to those games are people who are really forced to go to the games because they're buying season tickets, and they get some tickets anyway, and they're like, I don't know. I'm not doing anything else on a Tuesday night. And people who are like obsessed with fantasy football and want to see what's And happening. even most of those, like I'm obsessed with fantasy football. I never watch the preseason. Yeah, fair Maybe enough. Maybe you watch week three because that's when they play all the starters. I'd rather listen half. to what the fantasy football experts say about it. I agree. Yeah. Agreed. It's like watching guys who are going to get cut. You mostly, I mean, I guess maybe the most... You know, the top 1% of obsessive football fans care about that stuff. But there's no way the ratings are any good. Nobody wants to be there, right? How do we fix preseason football? I think we uh, all but eliminate it. I think that's really the best way to do it. Okay, so when you say all but eliminate it, what do you mean? I mean, we change... I don't think we should make it zero preseason football games, but mm-hmm. I think preseason football should have different rules oh, yeah. than regular season football. I like it. Lower contact so people can't get injured, essentially. Okay. How do we how do we decide what lower contact is and if people are quarterbacks doing it or not? can't get hit like in practice. Good. Okay, that's number one. Um, Two hand touch on like, quarterbacks. That's yeah, smart. and and generally just like so, like a softer general feel to the way you hit people. You can tackle people, but the refs can call you for excessive conduct if you hit them like you would in a regular NFL right. game. And listeners, I'm sure he means excessive contact. He's a little drunk. He's on beer eight. I am Let's give not. him a break. Let's give him a break. I'm completely sober. I'm gonna fly a plane right now. <laughs> Ryan Lochte's going to be in it, vaping and riding a motorcycle. I mean, that's Ryan Lochte's image is you flying the plane while he's like having yeah. a good time now. But right? I'm the PR guy. He's selling that also stuff. The, also the pilot. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. It's good stuff. So, okay. So, less games and the games that they play are low to no contact, essentially. Yes. I, it could be the same amount of games, actually, if they do the low to no contact thing. Will anyone care? Like, I agree that it'll take care of the players, but will we watch it? No, nobody will. will watch it, but I don't think that's the real purpose for preseason football because I think it's really not that watched in so, general. So what's the purpose? The purpose think? is for teams to evaluate players in a real like game situation, which I know I'm removing most of, but it's more than playing against your own team with your own coach telling both sides what to do. At least there's some 
version of scheming against players. Don't most of the players, though, win or lose their jobs in practice over the course of the four-week training camp yeah. rather than, like, how often they only play a quarter or even just a few snaps in the game sometimes? Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't mind eliminating the preseason altogether. Yeah, I, I think that's totally fine. Right. I mean, do we really think a guy like – I mean, I'm going to use Tom Brady because I'm a Patriots fan, so I've seen him, like, play game one of every season ever. But he barely plays in the preseason. He comes out. He often is – you know, completes all his passes in the first quarter of game number one. It's not a question of sharpness for him. Yeah, I mean, it's a real issue for the NFL, and I think you're right that Tom Brady, for example, is a guy who doesn't need to play in the preseason. Maybe he's special. Yeah, I mean, it's, admittedly, he's one of the best quarterbacks of all time. It may yeah, not be fair to, to use If him. not the best of all time. It, maybe he's special, but – the real question for the NFL is, is it worth it? Because so many injuries are right. sustained during the preseason. Absolutely. Like, how many guys tear their ACLs or some terrible injury ruins their season? Guys with a lot of potential, guys who could have been NFL players for their entire life, who are rookies who ruin their career even, yeah. happens in the preseason. Is it really necessary? I mean, we can mark it down. It's We're about to go to uh, week three in the NFL preseason, and... Surely someone else major, because now all the stars are going to play for the first half. Someone else major is going to get yeah, hurt. Yeah, somebody's right? going to get hurt. It sucks. It really sucks. Now, like, I do have in front of me, because our trusty research assistant has given me this, um, NFL preseason ratings. And I got to say, they're actually pretty good. Okay. They're pretty all right. They were um, The NBC NFL preseason game on Sunday night was number four for the week ahead of the Big Bang Theory. Ahead of America's Got Talent. Is that popular? I guess it is. I, ha- I mean, ahead is of, the Big Bang Theory popular I mean, anymore? I mean, like, no one watches anything in the summer anyway, but still, it's the fourth most popular show behind three big brothers. Wow, no one watches TV in the summer. That's what I'm learning here. This is brutal. Under the Dome is in the top 11. I mean, come that on. Show that show is still is a show? That show's getting canceled. By the way, we might make another podcast about shows. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. But anyway, so, okay, here's the thing. Bring sure, it. The NFL has these ratings for the preseason games. I don't think it really matters that much in the whole scope of the NFL season. Yeah. Uh, they get such amazing ratings for all of their regular season games and the playoffs and the Super Bowl. Insane, right? Yeah. Like it's a drop in the bucket. Correct. So we should probably discount the ratings as a factor. Okay, fair enough. So it's about teams evaluating players, right? Um that's what they say. Is it yeah. true? I think it's a way to just get a little extra money out of people. I think that's oh, oh you think it's about selling the seats in the stands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so that might be what it is. All right, so if we're if we're in the ultimate universe where nobody's being selfish, maybe preseason doesn't exist because we don't need to sell those seats in the stands because it actually doesn't tell us that much about our team. We already kind of know for the most part what we want to do. Yeah. Anybody who's watched Hard Knocks before knows there's like one standout guy and one guy who falls and whatever that happens, right. but it's not usually because of the preseason games. I mean, once in a while, maybe on every team there's one guy who because of all four preseason games makes the team or doesn't because of that but usually practice is more important right and also just because they make the team doesn't mean it was the right choice they just did well in a very small sample size situation it's probably the wrong choice yeah honestly so i think preseason because the nfl already murders people essentially by taking 50 years away from their life they should probably eliminate preseason games because it's not that effective at doing really anything but selling seats okay i got a proposal for you all right and this is not my original proposal. I've read this somewhere before, but it's a long time ago. What if the NFL goes to 18 games, has no preseason games, 18 regular season games, players are only allowed to play 16 of them, and you have to announce ahead of time who's playing and who is, like your active list for that game. Wow, that's interesting because 
quarterback is such an important position. Right. Every other position is fine, I think. I mean, it's it's a little like it's shitty to take out Des Bryant when you don't want to take out Des Bryant, but to take out Tom Brady, that sucks. I mean, you might be really strategic about it though. You might say, "Well, we're going to Seattle." Rather than play this hard-fought game, which we, we're going to lose a bunch anyway, what if we just don't—that's one of the two games we don't play, Brady. So I guess that's like you could great. do that, but I feel like a lot of the good teams are just going to take all of their starters out in the first two games. Really? Why? Because then they can just put them in and, and crush. Like, they don't, have uh-huh. to, they don't have to win those first two games because they know they're going to make the playoffs. Like, the truly good teams. You know, I mean, like, you start off 0-2, it's tough, even if you're good. If you have 18 tough. games, it's a lot different than 16 games. You're right. That's true. It's very, very, very different. I will say this. If there was an 18-game season, I would watch all those games. I would watch two more weeks of NFL. I love watching the NFL. It's This is a conundrum that Jonathan and I and our research assistant, Laura and my wife, all have. It's kind of terrible what the NFL does to people. It really yeah. is. It just happens to be so entertaining. It's just, <laughs> and fantasy football was whoever created that. Very smart. I mean, that's very what, good. I mean, I really, really loved watching football, but boy, did everything go into overdrive when fantasy football really became a big part of my life. Yeah. No doubt. Yeah. I mean, we, we put a lot of money in fantasy football every year. Jonathan especially, last yeah. last couple of years. I do very well. $7 million he lost in fantasy football. Yeah. In 2006. Yeah. 2007, he, he made part of it back. Yeah. Then. Yeah. It was, you know, it's a swingy game. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, finally, staying in the NFL. Damn it, like this is say. the last one? Yeah. That sucks. I, I hate it when drunk, drunk sports ends. It makes me so sad. You love this show so much. I love because I'm the one who's drunk. I it's, know. It's amazing. I And I feel like I'm talking about things that I enjoy talking about. I expect people to enjoy it. It sucks that it ends. <laughs> I, I enjoy you, it. I enjoy listening to you Last week, we didn't, we didn't do drunk sports last week. I was away. It was sad. I know. I mean, Tuesday night, cried all night. I know one person who was sad was Jay Recker, for sure. Yeah. He's like our biggest fan. I thought Twitter. it was Jay Reacher. Thought it was Jay Recker. Well, biggest fan, you should probably know how to pronounce his name. Well, you know, we have like ten fans right now. <laughs> Give me a break. I don't know okay. anybody. Okay. It's a lot of uh, a lot of people. Oh yeah, but, Lauren's mom. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> we have we have a bit of a, we have a bit of an audience. We have more than ten. Like we have, you know, every show. This is show number five, and we already have. You know, every show gets about two hundred listens. It's not great, but it's the beginning. It's no, a start. it's a lot better than most five. Oh yeah, episode podcasts without you know like big name people or like big brands. We're just started this out of nowhere. Are, are we not big? Are, aren't we big name people? Not big enough. No, we're, we're getting not. there. We're getting there. Not we're, big enough. I, we're not at all big name people. Okay. It's, it's sad. sad. It's sad. Yeah. Worst, anyway. worst case scenario. Yeah, please. We die in a ditch in two years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. What's, what's the best case? Um, we live in the Empire State Building and fight off the aliens in Independence Day 3. And win, I hope. Yes. So and then we are like the saviors of humanity? Yeah. Okay, I can dig that. That sounds like a pretty good it best is sport, case. In a sports-related way. <laughs> <laughs> Will you be drunk? Of course. Sounds like amazing. I want to see that movie. If yeah, I can't live it. I think it. it'll be good. I think it'll be a good movie. <laughs> I'm not saying it's going to be like a Scorsese movie, no, but no. it's going to be like good. You know, it's going to be like Avengers. Well, you think one, not two. Will they write two scripts? One for Will Smith being the lead and one without him? Or no. is it? No. No. Not We're not going to do a DC Comics bullshit thing. Okay. This is wow. for another This is for another podcast. Wow. It really is. Yeah. Okay. Well, we're going to do another podcast, but we're going to do right now number three on Let the Drunk Fix It. You ready for this one? I, I don't know if I am. Well, I watched the All or Nothing, as we've already talked about, yeah. uh, show on Amazon about the Arizona Cardinals. And I was really struck by how much better it was than this year's Hard Knocks. Do you agree with that? Uh, well, I mean, we, there's only been two episodes of Hard Knocks, right? How have you liked the first two episodes? They were bad. The first episode was bad. The second episode was more tolerable. Okay, but were it bad and tolerable? How would you rate All or Nothing? 
I thought it was good. Yeah, like you said to me, go like watch it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a so, good, it's a good show. So how do you fix Hard Knocks so it doesn't suck as much? Well, Hard Knocks has never sucked as much as it sucked this year, yeah, right? So, yeah, I agree with that. So I don't think there's really. This is a kind of a shitty question. You did a bad job. Um, <laughs> hard, hard Knocks is just going to keep on going as it has been. I led with Lochte, dude. I mean, come on, that I was mean, the goal. Yeah. That was the goal. I knew that. Did I fix it? You did great. Yeah, I you know were I amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. So with Hard Knocks, it's a show that's been on for a while, and I guess they had a couple seasons off in in there, and, and but now it's popular enough that they. They do it every year. Yeah. And some years are just going to be duds. And I think they chose the Rams this year because they moved to L.A. Right. I was really hoping they were going to choose the Buffalo Bills because that's that's a fun thing with, with Rex, Rex Ryan, Ryan yeah. as the coach. Like, that's always fun. The Jets' hard knock seasons with it's Rex great. Ryan as coach is great, yeah. right? So hard knocks has the potential to be great, right? Um. Uh, it has the potential to be entertaining. Yes. I think Hard Knots kind of sucks and is kind of the same every year, though. Like, even the good ones, except for, like, the occasional charismatic coach, like Rex Ryan, more or less you see the same stories played out the same way. Because it's preseason, so you have the rookies, the guys who are going to make it or not. I, I'm not saying I don't get into it to some degree. I do. But I feel like Hard Knocks is pretty played out at this point. But you're going to watch it, right? I mean, this season, the first episode was so crazy bad, I don't think I am going to watch it. Episode maybe. two is not bad. All right, maybe I'll watch it. Episode two is okay. All or Nothing was pretty good. All or Nothing is pretty good. And how could it not be, in a way, better than Hard Knocks? It's yeah. about the entire season. Well, maybe we should have that and not Hard Maybe they could show that in, during this time What am I HBO. supposed to fix? What am I supposed to fix here? Make Hard Knocks better. Um, make Hard Knocks better. You, since you're doing such a bad if, job. If it was before All or Nothing came out, I might have said, make it go for the entire season. Why can't they do that anyway? Do it anyway. So from now on... Have it go for the entire season. We watch it now during preseason. Get us all hyped up for the football season, just like they're doing anyway. It's great. It's fun. And we get to watch the they're whole doing season. It's much Hard more Knox dramatic. Is, Hard Knocks is topical. It's like happening right now, right? Well, our, yeah. All or Nothing happens after the season ends. Which one was better? All or Nothing. Okay, so for sure. Uh, all or Nothing is a much better chance to be better. Right. But I think so for, the, for the NFL, Hard Knocks makes sense. And for HBO, Hard Knocks makes sense. Everybody watches it. Like, not everybody, but a lot of people watch it. I, I feel like I sound like Donald Trump. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> all the people. All, everybody watches it. It's the greatest. It's the finest show. A lot of people are saying. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. But no, it's Hard Knocks is a show that has the potential to be good every time that it's put on. Let me let me put it that I way. I agree with that. Okay. So it always has the potential to be good because it's about something that so many people are interested in and they do a very good job of production usually. Yes, they do. And, and figuring out which which little stories to, to make threads that, that go throughout Hard Knocks. This, you know? is, this, this whole question was basically because I thought the first episode was such right. a piece so, of trash. So this is not about Let the Drunk Fix It. This is more about Jonathan Levy didn't enjoy episode one <laughs> yeah. of Hard Knocks. It was, a, it was terrible. They didn't do any work at all. They just threw all right, together okay, for so I know I know they spent a lot of time in the first episode talking about how Jared Goff didn't know that the sun rose in the east. And the and guy like, in, trying on t-shirts for seven minutes. Set in the west. But yeah. let's, let's take a second and say, instead of that being funny, is that sad? It's well, it's scary. Remember, then Jared Goff went around and asked other people. Yeah, and most of the people. Well, I don't know how many people. He asked like one other, another rookie who had no idea either. Yeah, he had a really weird answer. I don't remember. It was like, is it set in the the? No, he's sky like it's in something? the sky or like the air. Yeah, yeah, the, the air. air. He said the air. Amazing. Yeah. Like I mean, it it's it doesn't. Yeah, I was, this it doesn't, is this is all. I mean, there's been little traces of of this point throughout drunk sports, but it's indicative. Of what 
is a key point of something that we've been saying all along. If we're not being funny and we're being serious, that these NFL players they have no educational background. I like mean, a lot some, of a lot of it. Some a, of them do. I'm not saying oh, uh, compared to the average person at their age. Okay, they have a very small educational background and they don't understand a lot of things. Like some of them are very smart for sure. Yeah. for sure. Okay. Some of them know a lot, but. Remember last year on Hard Knocks? Is space real? Remember yes, that? like that was incredible. Was no, 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 it wasn't. Is space real? Is, is there water on space? Oh, is there water on space? <laughs> the preposition usage <laughs> is the best part. Is there water Whoa. on space? That's the kind of thing I'd expect Ryan Lochte to ask. Seriously. Yes, and I think Ryan Lochte would probably ask that. The thing is, so for for these athletes though, they are valued in college. They're given free rides to these universities, and the university has no interest in educating them and doesn't try to educate them. Right? I mean, oh no, they they, 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 they find ways around educating it's them. It's really it's really brutal. The NCAA and, and they and you know what that's not just the colleges that's everybody who found out that they were like an elite talent when they were in eighth grade or whatever and yeah. they're like you know what i'm gonna make sure this guy gets to college who cares if he can't read like, yeah he can carry like, football this guy's gonna get to the nfl yeah absolutely what do we got uh something happening over there you letting the drunk oh, read? oh oh that's a really good point okay yeah. so something on on episode two that you did not see Go of on. hard knocks so there's a defensive end on the rams william hayes he's 31 years old so he's had plenty of time to, you know, settle in, educate learn, himself. Learn about the world. Yeah. <laughs> he believes in mermaids. <laughs> what? He okay. believes in mermaids. He does not believe in dinosaurs. Wow. How can you do? I can understand. I know there's a, a big chunk of the world who doesn't believe in dinosaurs, but I don't think most of them believe in mermaids. His, his, reasoning, his reasoning was not the religious reasoning. Yeah, the Venn diagram on that is super small. Go he on. Was, he was, I mean, at least as it was presented on Hard Knocks, his reasoning was not the religious reasoning. Okay. First, they presented us with, he's like, mermaids are real. Like, we'll, we'll find a mermaid eventually. We finally, <laughs> we came from St. Louis. Now we're on the coast in L.A. Yeah. And we can go to the ocean and find a mermaid or two. Yeah. So you he, said that really? Like, he thought he would just by going to the ocean find mermaids? Maybe? I don't know if he said that okay. explicitly, okay. but he believes mermaids are real. This is incredible. Yes. Continue. He, he thought it was closer to mermaids by being in L.A. Yeah. Um, then later it's exposed that he doesn't think dinosaurs are real. But not because of religious reasons. No. Well, at least not as presented by Hard Knocks. Okay. So it might be religious reasons, but as presented by Hard Knocks, no. He's he's just talking about how the absurdity of, of dinosaurs existing. So this guy I believes hope it's religious cuz that makes sense to this me. This is a 31 year old man <laughs> who believes in mermaids and does not believe that dinosaurs existed. And this is an NFL player who has made a lot of money. He's like I guess a backup is I've never heard of him, but he's a 31 year old defensive end who's been in the NFL his entire career. This guy walks around in like a magical world though. How incredible for him. Does he think like cartoon birds exist too and stuff? I, I mean it's incredible. I don't know what the like crickets who what? sing and wear like clothes and things. But how could he not think dinosaurs exist? <laughs> like what's going on? Like when he sees Beauty and the Beast, like the animated Beauty and the Beast, you know? Like does he think it's a documentary? This is amazing. What a wonderful existence. Maybe maybe it's good. Maybe it's good to be like. <laughs> I mean, that. let 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 a few people be that happy, right? Let a few people have that happiness in their life and understand. Oh, yeah. Well, you got something here? Um, our trusty research assistant has a quote from this guy. Okay. He says, I'm not going to necessarily say a mermaid is real, but I can't say it's fake either. My whole theory is that we find different species in the water every day. So who is to say that a man didn't have sex with a fish and create a mermaid? I don't think he understands genetics. <laughs> that, <laughs> like, is, that is extraordinary. <laughs> 
That's amazing. Wow. The way he says it is actually quite eloquent as to what I would expect. Yeah. Like, I would expect a less eloquent statement. The way he said it was as if he was from a scientific background. Right. He's like being scholarly. <laughs> yeah, he's like, Who's to say if you allow yourself all the different possibilities to walk down the different paths of the tree, you know, the different branches, you might find one where, you know, the, you know, Homo <laughs> sapiens interact and ultimately copulate. Yeah, that whole thing. Amazing. Yeah. So wow. What a, wonderful, what a wonderful world to live in. Like, so that's, I don't live in that world. That's an incredible job, by the way, by Lauren, yes. our research what assistant, a quote. to bring up when I'm talking about how NFL players lack education, she finds the fucking perfect example. It's the money quote. For Damn, me. that was good, Lauren. You deserve a gold star. What was that? Nothing. nothing. <laughs> She's mad Keep at going. me now. You're doing fine. <laughs> anyway, no, seriously, that was, that was impressive. But, yeah, that was great. Yeah, so... To to that point, <laughs> yeah, we're still going, huh? <laughs> I don't right. remember exactly where we're. No, going you with look that. really lost, and that's fine. That's yeah, fine. I, I feel like we've done a great job on this show, and I think we've come to a pretty reasonable conclusion. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is a great place to stop. So let's end drunk sports here. We'll be back next Tuesday night with yet another episode for all the peoples of the world. Tweeted us your suggestions for length drug fix it at. Um, at Drunk Sports Pod? No, it's not Drunk that. Sports Show. Yeah. At Drunk Sports Show. I should know that. Yeah, One you day should I know will. that. I just got back from vacation. And uh, we'll see you next week.